sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's a beautiful morning. It's good to be gathered together in the house of God, worshiping Him, praising Him. Hopefully this morning we can uh, hear from Him through the word being preached, the songs being sung, and uh, that we could have a touch of God in our hearts and our lives. I think that's what he wants. I know that's what he wants. But he will not force us into that place. We want to get there voluntarily in communion with him. So before we go on with these few thoughts for meditation this morning, why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you, come to your throne room. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that wants to communicate with us. And Lord, I pray that we would not allow anything to stand in that way, Father, but that you would be able to have your way in our life, in our heart. We could be more like you and less of ourselves. Father, I pray that you would give each one of us wisdom way beyond our years, Father, to be able to live and move about this earth, Father, without being entangled with it, and that we would be able to shine our light, uh, your light through us clearly, Father. Help us, Lord, to do that. Be with the service this morning, Lord. I pray that you would come and visit us, and you would inspire us, Father, each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't feel like I have a lot this morning, but I'd like to share a few things that uh, maybe stood out to me in some of my personal devotions, and I think hopefully we can uh, get a closer look at what maybe God wants for our Christian life. For a text, let's turn to Revelations chapter 4. Now, and I in no way am an eschatologist, so when you think of revelations, that's not what I'm going to be doing. Um, But I'd like to read this chapter, draw a few points, and uh, see what we can learn. Here in Revelations chapter 4, as I understand it, it's a vision that John kind of had of... What could be going on in heaven right now? Let's read, beginning in verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, 
and I will show these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And around the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders seated, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thundering voices, thundering, thundering voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And behold, the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes, behold, before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God Almighty." which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure and they are and were created if you imagine with me a little bit what could be going on in a room like that where everything and everyone is doing nothing but giving glory and honor and praise to God himself the very the very character of god the very nature of god demands that from every person everything that is there the bible says that some point in time everybody will fall on their knees and worship him every knee shall bow every tongue confess and it's not something that we will just do it's something that will the very nature of god is calling that out we will just fall on our face we will just fall on our knees and it's just something that happens even to those people that are cursing him today they can't help themselves they're going to fall and worship god in that last verse it says for thou hast created all things and in those two words all things is our name that is what we were created for and for thy pleasure they are and were created that is what our life is here for on earth did you ever wonder what am i really here for there are no accidents everyone here is for a specific reason you have a very reason a reason to be here and that is to give god glory that is to bring praise to him that is to magnify his name that is to be what he um created us to be it says so if you think with me 
God, the supernatural being that always was, in an element like this, sitting there receiving the glory that he deserves, decided, you know what? And I'm not sure how this all went, but he decided to make us. In Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils, nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Why would God do that when he was already receiving all the glory and praise that he deserves in heaven in a room like that? He did that. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure he did. He created us to, to glorify him, to bring glory to his name. That's what he created us for. That is our purpose. One of our purposes in life is to bring glory to his name. That is what God created each one of us for. He planted us in this world when he breathed that living soul into us. That was an ability. When he did that, he did something to us that he did to nothing else, animals or anything. That was the ability to communicate and worship our God. That was the ability. He gave us the ability and he gave us the choice to do that. He is a master gardener. When he gave us life, we began to grow. And we have the ability now in our life to worship him, what, were we, what we were created for. And as a gardener, there are things that we do to help that accomplish, to accomplish what uh, we are looking for in our garden. And that is what he does in our life. The devil came. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to make these people that were created to worship God turn on him. That is the best way I can desecrate his name. Is if these creatures that were created to worship God don't. It's the best way I can do it. If they... Hoard things to themselves. If they become selfish, if they, if they become pride, that's the best way I can desecrate the name of God. But God has given all of us that have called upon the name of God the ability not to succumb to that. We can be what God wants us to be through his precious blood and through the strength that he gives us. Every one of us is born in a dry and thirsty land. We live in this world that is dry and thirsty. But God waters his creation. He has given us the nourishment and the life that we need need to be able to be what he has created us to be. Through God's word, through preaching, through the Holy Spirit, God sends rain and strength for us to grow. In Isaiah, it says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, only those that are thirsty. How is our thirst doing? If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. If we don't, we won't. 
He will send, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. And I will pour floods upon the dry ground. Do we ever feel dry? Yes, we do. But the difference is, isn't necessarily if we always feel dry, it's if we're thirsty. Because we do feel dry sometimes. We feel our need, but that is the point. Are we thirsting after righteousness? That is how we get filled. That is how God's Spirit floods upon us. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. offspring. And they will spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. God also feeds us. Like the Israelites in the wilderness, God felt fed them. As we grow, as we mature in our Christian life, First Peter says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, have tasted that the Lord is good. In Colossians, as I have fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envyings and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? God created us to worship him. And now he gives us all the resources to worship him. It's up to us to make sure that happens. Am I Is my life being what I was created for? And that is the challenge that I found reading through this chapter. Just imagine God on his throne room receiving the praise and glory of of everything we read there. Do I, is my life portraying that here? That is what he's used to. That is what he will continue to be used to into the ages to come and nothing else. That is what it's going to take for us to be able to go there is if we can do that here by his spirit. God prunes us. In John 15, 1, verse 2, it says, I am the true vine, and my father, father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it bring, may bring forth more fruit. Now, that doesn't sound like a very nice thing to go through. But there are things and tares that grow up in our wheat field, you could so say, that need to be cut out and Burned so that we can bring God the glory that he wants and he deserves and that he's going to get. And brothers and sisters, if we let these tears grow up and you fill in the blanks in your life. For me, there are things that like to creep up and crowd out the very thing that I was created for. And it's so easy to, to like the Bible says about hiding our bushel under, under a candlelight. That is when we don't give God glory. That is when we let the hide our light under a bushel. I think I said that backwards. Hide our light under a bushel. That is when we let the prunings that God is bringing to our life make us upset. Why is this happening to me? And we haven't learned 
And it's not something that we can necessarily, it's not something that we can do by our own strength. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do good here, do good there, whatever. It is by the Spirit and the working of God. That is how he gets glory. When we do things out of our character, out of our, out of our, our own strength. Take, for instance, Job. One servant comes and says, all your donkeys are killed, all your camels are killed, and all your, your children are killed. And one thing after the next, you know what our fleshly response would be is, I don't know what, go after those guys, capture them, whatever. But by his strength, he said, God knows what's best. When those things come to us, when those out-of-our-control circumstances happen, when something just irks us, when something doesn't go my way the way I want it's a good gauge to see how my life is really being for what I was created for or not. And if you think of that as chaff, you know, when, when they used to do threshing or whatever, they would hold a bunch of grain through some wind. The, chaff would blow, the wind would blow the chaff away, and they would be left with good, clean grain. How much, how much of a pile of good, clean grain am I being able to portray from my life? Not through myself. I'm, I'm not talking about our own good works, but how much is the Spirit of God being able to produce that in me? What if there's not very much there? It, where, I, mean, I should say this way. If, how much am I actually glorifying God through my life? My speech, my words, my attitudes. It's not something I can do myself. It is, it is something we need the grace of God for. When these prunings come, God removes the dead, unfruitful wood from our lives. And it's only for our good, even though it really hurts sometimes. God will never give us anything too great that we can't bear. He knows what we can bear. He knew Job could bear, that he protects us. He only lets things happen to our lives that he, that he gives us the grace to be able to get, go through it. And that's how he gets his glory. That's how he says, these are my children. The world can look on and say, there's something beyond the human personal life that can go through something like that. And it, that is what creates, a, that's what creates the salt that we need to be. Am I being that? Am I doing that? God protects us. He does have a hedge of protection around us. I believe he does. I believe he keeps back the enemy, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it. He doesn't give the enemy, I don't believe he gives the enemy any more um, access to us than what we are able to handle. He shelters us from the storms. But yet, through the storms, he gives us a light to shine bright. Am I shining that light through the darkest of my night? In Matthew 9, 37, he said to his disciples, he said, listen, well, he said, the, the harvest truly is, red, is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, therefore, that the Lord would send forth the harvest, that he would send forth reapers into his harvest. In Revelations, it says, Revelations 14, 15, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come 
for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. We don't know when, but someday, and I'm not sure how this is going to go, but God is going to look over at Jesus and say, Son, it's time to go bring my children home. And I can only imagine that heaven will erupt with shouting and praise and trumpeting. I don't know how it's all going to go. This is just somewhat of my imagination. As God proclaims, it's time to bring his children home. And it will happen in a twinkling of an eye. And those that have allowed themselves to worship God through our life are those that will be found faithful. How is my life doing? Am I cumbered down with the load of sin? Am I cumbered down with the load of whatever you put in? Have I left discouragement in this life crowd out my light to where I will not be part? Is my pile of, you could say, worship and adoration to God very small in this life? It won't be worth for him to take us home because if we can't worship God in this life, if we're not, if we're not worshiping God in this life with all the strength and power that he has given us to worship him, We won't worship him there. We won't get there. Imagine, what if that time is very close for God to say, Son, it's time. It's time to go. And in a twinkling of an eye, with trumpets blowing, where's my life now? Have I found that state of worship and adoration Through the darkest night that I may be going through, through the toughest temptation that I may face, through the the lowest point in my life, have I found that solid rock and that strength to be able to say, the Lord is my helper, the Lord is my shield, the Lord is my rock. It's not me to where people can say, you know what, that guy, that lady is going through a tough time in their life, but there's something about them, there's something about them that's supernatural. And God can defeat what the devil is trying to do. The devil and God, there's a battle raging. And the devil is trying to, to destroy the name of God. And God created us for his glory and honor. God created us for his worship and his adoration. God created us and he's given us all the tools to do it. Sometimes it hurts when we go through tough, it hurts when we go through tough times. But somehow we got to see it's for our good. It's for our pruning. And brothers and sisters, let's not get discouraged. All too soon that trumpet will blow. All too quick he's going to come like a thief in the night to those who are not ready. All too quick quick, there's going to be people begging for the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them because they're not ready. They haven't been worshiping God. They're not used to worshiping God throughout their life. And all of a sudden his character will be here his presence will be here demanding their worship and they'll be ashamed i haven't done it i know now why you were asking us to do it because it's the very character of god that will require us to do that and in guilt and in shame they beg for the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them then he said To his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful. There's a lot of work to do. There's a light to shine. 
there's a dark world to lighten up. Am I doing that in my short little life and in my corner? If you have time sometime, just read this chapter again and try to feel the atmosphere that is around the throne of God. And then ask yourself, am I portraying that in my life, in my relationships, in my walk? Or am I letting this world, uh, you put in my temptations, my struggles, am I letting that crowd that out? So in closing, I think I'll just read this first verse that I had read in in Genesis 2. The Lord God formed man, that's you and I, out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, that's you and I. And he breathed into us the breath of life, a never-dying soul, one that he deserves all the glory and honor. That is what he deserves. Worship and adoration. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Let's worship the Lord. Let's not get discouraged. That is what the devil wants us to do. And let's take the hard things of life that come into our path which every one of us will face, and turn them into a worshipful adoration all of God. We can. And the more we do that, the stronger we get because it fills us with power. We are not defeated. We don't have to be defeated. But it fills us with power when we do that. And we begin to see that we can't do this on ourselves, on our own. And it begins us to help, help us to see our need of him and, the, and what our life was meant to be. The closer we get to God, the more we see his plan for our life, that his will could be accomplished here on earth as it is in heaven. So let's go from here with a spirit of worship and adoration for God because someday we will be called to that forever and ever. May the Lord bless.